hello everyone uh, another episode of uh, cricket with an accent uh, we have two guests joining today uh, dr ahmed you know who's been here before discussing cricket with us is back uh, originally from bangalore if you haven't had the introduction big kapil dev and steve wa fan and then uh, we have a twitter legend kkb you know known for his roger federer commentary and you know test cricket commentary also taking time out from chennai welcome guys hi thanks for inviting us yes sir hey anytime uh, it's uh, you know it's a dying breed uh, test cricket fans uh, you know, i think that's something we all have in common and uh, nothing better than the ashes you know when ashes is going on to uh, discuss this nostalgic sport that is test cricket so uh, kkb i know we've been talking mostly tennis uh, how did you get into cricket and what's your first memory of test cricket uh as usual typical uh, growing up in a large quarters playing with fa- friends around so my first memory of test cricket is actually india's tour of australia in 91 92 okay. so at that time uh, i mean we didn't have uh, a cable so there used to be this uh, i mean we, we should uh, i mean we used to listen to radio commentary in the morning and then uh, at night they used to have these one hour highlights yeah i remember so that so that's my that's my first memory of uh, test cricket that's actually one of my favorite series this is when tendulkar majrekar under azhar you know we went there was huge expectation we lost 4-0 but easily could have been 2-2 going into adelaide because yeah, there was exactly yeah yeah firing in sydney and adelaide so uh, going into perth actually it could have been 2-2 but yeah. uh, I mean, we weren't. I mean, we didn't. I mean, we didn't win the big moments. Actually, Australia took all the big moments. Yeah, and I remember there was like a controversial decision with Murphy was or Ian Healy. One of the guys I think was not given out, and then Prabhakar was given out when he claimed it was bad pad. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, long time ago. Yeah, typical Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Ahmed, I know you are again. You know, you believe a potential World Cup in Kapil Dev changed the landscape of not only Indian cricket because world cricket because before that was just. between india england west indies and australia so what do you recall of uh, you know that life changing event i used to follow indian cricket on the newspaper uh, first thing in the morning i would uh, have my mother read the cricket scores to me it used to be two days later because the paper used to print scores that happened uh, late night early morning yeah. on one day the following day um the test would have progressed to the next day and uh, i i would know about it only the following day so that's my first memory of test cricket when india played abroad it was the world cup in 1983 that really changed how i consumed cricket as a fan i was 8 or 9 years old I remember so vividly Kapil Dev taking Viv Richards catch that was I no. remember what I was doing at that time the rest is history because it was about a year after that that I got into formal cricket I used to practice 3 4 hours a day got into uh, the school team uh, and then um, played cricket at a decent level but i don't know if my interest in cricket could have 
really taken off without India winning that World Cup. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that was a historic win. That brought cricket to the other part, you know, the subcontinent part. And I think it became... I mean, Test cricket was there, but I think it somehow launched cricket. And, uh, yeah, my first moment was... I remember my dad listening to the commentary of the Prudential Cup. And then India won. I was uh, also very young. And then West Indies came to India, I think, after the hangover of that loss. And they put a beating. And I remember Marshall bowling an Indian pitches with four slips on black and white TV. That's the memory that never went away. And I have a lot of respect for Gavaskar, the batsman, because the way he took on that bowling was world-class. And then, of course, I studied his records and became a student of the game. Uh, you know, generations to follow, I think, uh, their opening bat than Gavaskar. He was my first cricket hero. Now, that series is actually why so, I place uh, Gavaskar about Tendulkar. That yeah, yeah, I think Ramos would not disagree that I think we all... Uh, because opening, look, uh, openers and uh, one down are the, that's why they call the top order. Because negotiating the shine of the ball. I wish Anand was here because he's a big Tendulkar fan and he would, you know, find a way to uh, not be a little Gavaskar, but, you know, could have made it more lively. But yeah, definitely. Sunil Gavaskar, opening batsman, I think they're not many better ones, for sure. But KKB, I don't know if uh, you, you've been a part of the conversation. Zakib and I talk a lot about how test cricketers who mm. played without a helmet, who played without some of the padding mm. that is available now, chest pad, thigh pad, I think are a different breed. It's not the same game when you can play with a helmet, chest pad, thigh pad, arm guard, and gloves yeah. that are so much better than what they used to play with. Um, just that, I think, is a huge, huge, huge credit to Gavaskar. Yeah, definitely. That is always there. But, uh, I mean, it is always, I mean, the sport always evolves. So, uh, uh, what you gain in swings, you gain in roundabouts. So, nowadays, you have more details on how batsmen go about. You have these details on how, uh, what their tendencies are. They are studied better. Batsmen also cope better. So, I mean, uh, probably they were braver. But uh, overall, I'd say the sport is pretty much the same, I would say. Uh, yes and no. I think you have to give bowlers more credit because the conditions everywhere in the world are batting friendly. So a Dale Stain, if you're challenging Hashim, you know, like if you're challenging the likes of Ricky Ponting and you know uh, Virat Kohli and you know Joe Root, all these class batsmen, he's doing it in an era when it's more favored towards batsmen. So what Ahmed is saying, that time batters should get more credit because of the equipment. And I think similarly, it's a batsman's game today. I have more respect for a Mitchell start. Than I have for I think Steve Smith. I mean, with all due respect, ah, he's a great match, but I think bowlers just have their work it, cut plus out. Plus, you had pitches that were much more difficult to yeah. navigate. You had more than two bounces and over. You had uh, you, you you had you had so many things that are now in the batsman's favor. Yeah. So that's a, this is very meaningful. No, 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 this is good. I was trying to bring this kind of a discussion later on as we came. Uh, you know, round off uh, the episode. So let's first move to Ashes quickly because uh, Adelaide is going to host a historic day and night, you know, Ashes test. So KKB, what do you think? Uh, are we going to see uh, a similar result here? Uh, or do we see any changes in either side as we start the second test tomorrow? Uh, I generally don't go into selection issues because it is going to be what it is. So uh, I suppose uh, may. We don't have enough data of day-night tests, actually. There have only been like six tests, if I remember. 
so and they say twilight times the ball the pink ball swings wildly so it's basically uh how to say depends on how well uh, anderson and broad get the job done it will depend on that and uh, england batting has been uh, very average to say the least they have always been bailed out by their tail and they don't have stokes right now so i suppose uh, it it depends on how well cook and root carry them that's about it but don't am uh, i don't you think england have like uh, a little deeper like kkb makes a good point which a deeper tail i mean uh, the tail starts very late with uh, even uh, uh, moin ali and uh, johnny bestow and even broad broad is no bunny with the bat even though his record suggests otherwise in the last 5 6 years but unfortunately the tail is bats long you know 6 7 and 8 but you know 3 4 and 5 is also becoming the tail here unfortunately for england um, i i don't know if if they if they have the depth if root and cook don't make it big you know who's their regular 50 player who's their regular 30 40 player in the middle order late middle order who is their big scorer you know if you take out root and cook from that order it's it's shaky it's interesting i mean they have, they are touring with fairly new faces definitely that make up that middle order uh and then uh, emma do you think uh, jimmy anderson can be a factor with the pink ball have you followed enough pink ball test cricket to make that assessment i don't know if there's been enough pink ball test cricket but i do think that this this england team fancies its chances because they think with the rain uh, it seems like they are sensing home conditions uh, anytime you see a team that says i think we have a chance here and it's a touring team that is saying that that sets up for a very interesting game i mean i, I don't blame them because the first three and a half days of brisbane were very competitive and then australia i guess you know uh, 170 was never a questionable target and they made it seem very easy without losing uh, losing a wicket uh so let me go back to kkb you think nathan lyon is uh, is going to be a factor because sometimes we think he's a very underrated bowler compared to other spinners in the world lyon's primary job i feel is to you know keep things tight uh, in andy flas palance bowl dry and if he gets wickets it's a, it's a bonus uh, that's how i see his role in the side basically so he could be a factor if uh, uh the remaining three bowlers uh, uh tar hazelwood and uh, that youngster patton what is patton sen is it uh pat cummins ah pat cummins yeah if they if they keep things really really tight i think uh, he will be a factor like he was in the second innings in uh, brisbane yeah i was just looking at uh, before you guys logged on i was just trying to do some homework last time they played a test there was a mitchell johnson show like 4 years ago australia won by 218 then uh, we had the goli chase but australia still won that so australia are undefeated this ground uh, i don't think the last last vote they have won but i don't even know when was the last draw so in my books they are you know slight favorites even though joe root is talking you know, big talk last draw i think was against south africa uh, when uh, duplessy uh, duplessy block blockathon remember on the last day 
Duplessis and De Villiers, they played a blockathon. I remember. Every De Villiers player scored some 34 runs in 250 balls or something like that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, KKB, you were talking about uh, Pat Cummins and Hazelwood. So, I'm going to you know, ask you both the same question. Uh, you can go first. Uh, if uh, a fourth seamer is added, you think, uh, is this Australian attack the best fast-balling attack in the world right now compared to what South Africa has? Uh, South Africa, I think uh, there are a lot of question marks with their bowling. So, form-wise, I think Australia is actually the best, uh, best uh, fast-balling attack. South Africa, I think Stain's fitness and how he'll be back from injury is a doubt. Philander uh, is like this generation's Bruce Reed or uh, Shane Bond. He's just one hard spell away from an injury. Mone Markle is not a wicket taker. He's basically an enforcer who bowls bouncers and softens up batsmen. Rabada is one for the future, obviously. He's very, very talented. He's my second favorite bowler right now after Josh Hazelwood. So, probably in current form, Australia is the best bowling lineup. They even bowled very well in India. Can't fault that. Not, not they kept all 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 the Indian batsmen quiet, which is not an easy job to do in India. So I think Australia is probably in form the best bowling right now, uh, best bowling in the world right now. Emma, do you see? Uh, do you have a different response for the same question, or you agree? I, I I agree that Australia has been doing really well, but I have to give as an off spinner, I have a lot of respect for Lyon and what he's done. Uh, I think he he seems to get the breakthrough at the right time. He seems to try really hard. He's thinking all the time. He's trying lines and he's bowling, executing really well with uh, with the newish and the older ball. Uh, I, I I'm very impressed with what he's done. But I think full credit to the fast bowlers. They keep it so tight and so difficult. That Lion just has to get in there and do what he's supposed to do uh, to to make the breakthrough happen. Um, the Australian fast bowling attack seems to be seems to be rejuvenated for the, this Ashes. I, I I happened to watch them uh, on TV, and uh, they seem to have an energy that was amazing. Yeah, they are also they are young, but they are also an injury prone. Uh, yes, yes, that is right. Yes, yes. Pat, Pat Cummins has been injured forever and now Pattinson is not there. But yeah, if they're all firing and Jackson Bird is the fifth guy, I think this is a very young attack. But uh, I don't disagree with KKB, but just on potential, I think uh, if healthy, Philander and uh, Stain, Morkel and Rabada, I think that's that's a deadly foursome too. But I, I agree with you, I'll give Australia the edge because Australia has more youth and we don't know what form Dale Stain would have when he comes back. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a good conversation to be had when India is there. I think looking forward to that trip. So, let's uh, talk India-Sri Lanka. Uh, I know this Sri Lanka team is not, you know, it's it's rebuilding. And it's they challenged India in the first test uh, and Kolkata for the first two days. But after that, it's been uh, pretty much all India. So, just to th- throw a theory out there, Rohit Sharma, we all know every captain has a favorite. So, Kohli will back his aggressive cricket. So, do you see KKB that, uh, I know Rahane is our vice-captain, but do you see a Sharma versus Rahane card uh, if uh, Rahane doesn't perform well in the third test? Do you think those that those murmurs can get loud come South Africa time or Rahane gets to play in South Africa? I think uh, Rahane will play in South Africa without a doubt. 
because uh, rohit's temperament for test cricket is kind of iffy uh, he doesn't leave balls well uh, his footwork is jittery so nothing that can be that, that can't be overcome but uh, uh, i think rahane's away record has to be respected and i think he'll play i don't think his place is in i mean uh, is this uh, i don't think he is in any kind of uh, uh, what do you say i don't think he'll be dropped no no yeah. <laughs> actually i take it back i shouldn't have framed the question but i thought the comparisons will get louder yeah i think i also believe rahane shouldn't be even touched because he came through in most difficult tours last time india was on the road uh so ahmed kkb made a good point about rohit sharma who's so talented we all know that he even has a good first class average but uh, i know we are all test cricket purists here so do you think rohit sharma struggles are a by product of you know the odi and uh, uh what do you call it? t20 cricket because a talented guy you know his judgment of leaving a ball has really been his undoing but that's all test cricket is about right No, no, I'm asking Sharma. You think uh, you think too much? No, that's that's what I'm saying. If 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 your if the questions being asked of you is the core of what Test cricket is all about, are you a Test cricketer at that? No, point? I, I agree. But you think too much? Maybe I'm, I'm not framing it right. You think too much? Uh, like there's too many brands of cricket or formats of cricket. You think that's becoming a challenge for cricketers uh, because to master one skill, maybe it's an advantage for Pujara because he's out of Uh, favors in other forms so he's you know he becomes that old school test cricketer who knows what he has to do and not everyone has the ability of a virat kohli or a steve smith so that's my question with the as talented guy sharma is there's so much pressure there's healthy competition within the team but uh, may- maybe you know maybe he's become a specialist that is not a test cricket specialist maybe he's he's a you know he's a limited over specialist Let me let me come back to your question initially to KKB about um, Rahane versus Rohit Sharma. I I worry about that. Rahane has proven to be an excellent Test cricketer. He's proven to get India out of the woods under difficult circumstances. Uh, he's done really well at home and away to even bring up a question and if. unfortunately if that question does come up i don't think it's fair to him and to keep any player in a team unsettled just to prop up someone else when their talent is there but hasn't been proved in this format i think that's that's really pushing uh, unfairly on a player who's shown and proven so much for the team which is rahane No, I agree, but I think uh, historically, not even India. I think most captains have had their ways. So I was pretty furious at Kohli's ways when Pujara was on it. But now I think Kohli wants to play a brand of cricket, and I'm and maybe you both are right. Maybe Rahane won't be touched. But I think you know if Rahane continues to fail, at some point India will introduce Sharma. But then again, Sharma also doesn't have a track record of playing well in Test matches, and South Africa is one of the tougher assignments out there. So. So I see a, you know, I see a parallel between Yuvraj Singh and Rohit Sharma. So, very talented cricketers, excellent timing, blessed with an excellent eye, great hand-eye coordination, but they just couldn't cut it at uh, the red ball level. It's just, I don't know, there's something mental, I think. Not at all, 
and see every batsman has a weakness steve walk couldn't play short ball but he worked on it and it's is his record against uh, fast bowling is excellent even though his technique is poor i mean probably the weakest compared to say an inzamam or a sachin tendulkar but his record against uh, fast bowling is excellent so he worked on it basically so it's not something that uh, that cannot be worked on for a guy who is as talented as uh, rohit sharma but uh, somehow i think it's a mental block i think and uh ian chapel once said that uh, rohit has been playing white ball cricket so much that he just had he cannot just shift that mentality like say a kohli or a root or a smith who play alpha alpha match with elan so that's the that's an astute observation yeah i think about steve waugh because uh, there was a time i remember when mark waugh was looking like the more talented of was and then steve waugh i think there's a switch that just turned on mentally and he became such a you know such a fighter like you're right there was not much pretty about his cricket but his numbers in the end were just like he he's keeping company with the tendulkars and the laras and gavaskars he is a 50 average guy i think he played about close to 160 170 tests and mark was average i think was when he retired in the mid 40s so yeah let's see roshanma has a kind of character uh, steve was i think the great benchmark you mentioned uh amar I'm, i'm sure you're a big steve of fan i thought you were going to add something No, it was the Ashes that brought uh, Steve Waugh out to the Open as a batsman, right? That's one. Two, the impact that he had on any game, whether it was saving a game or winning a game or strategizing about a game, uh, is unbelievable in terms of uh, what he did to that team and how much he brought to that team at, 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 in that rebuilding phase. You know, that, that cannot be discounted. One. Two. I think as a bowling team if you knew Steve Waugh was was coming out to bat you knew you had to really work hard think hard to get that wicket that is priceless for any batting team uh, to have a person like that come out three it didn't matter what the circumstances were what the pitch was you could count on Steve Waugh to give his best how many players in today's world will give their best every time they walk out there it's true but i think uh, I, again I'll, i'll just add to it just because you know uh, even though we are in harmonious agreement i think uh, virat kohli and steve smith don't uh, shy away true. from the challenge either no matter what format but you're right uh, uh, cricket in 90s you know maybe it was a different animal but i think it was easy to focus and uh, then there was a lot of lot more juggling around going around today in today's world with uh, more than few formats going around so guys before we wrap this up and i think this can still go on for a while Uh, there's a conversation that needed to be had in the last episode, and uh, I guess there's no better uh, guest list than you both. So let's discuss uh, Virat Kohli's, you know, ascendance in you know one-day cricket, and he's breaking all records. 32 centuries already, one ahead of the legendary Ricky Ponting, and the Tendulkar comparisons have been there forever. And now they're just getting more and more. You know, we feel like we are more near the distance when this will uh, actually be Kohli's record. Uh, still 1900s to go. But uh, KKB, you first. I mean, uh, Kohli versus Tendulkar, the one-day batsman. I know it's a fruitless exercise, like Federer versus Nadal or Djokovic. But still, we should just you know, give it a go. So you've seen both careers unfold. Both have had their challenges. How do you say Virat Kohli measuring up to the master so far? Uh, actually, Kohli is playing in a very different era compared to Tendulkar. So. Tendulkar played 
uh, I mean, the rules are different basically. Kohli has these four fielders outside the rule, outside the ring rule, and then he's had for the for a long part of his career he had 20 hours of power play, and then bats are obviously huge these days. Boundary ropes are smaller, so I think it makes the job easy for Kohli. And I think uh, from around 2008 or 2009 you have two ball, one ball from each end. It was not the same ball like it was earlier. I remember right. I don't know if I'm remember this, remembering this correctly. So that way, I think uh, the job for Kohli is easier. But then again, uh, as the as the batting, I mean, as the rules have been bent towards batman batsmen more and more, uh, the run rate also increases. And try as hard as you want, you cannot run 100 meters in eight seconds. So as the target increases, even though everything is easy, the job job becomes as much as a, that much harder. So, I suppose uh, my personal feeling is that Kohli is a better finisher than Tendulkar. But uh, when it comes to pure batsmanship, I think Tendulkar is still the gold standard. Kohli still has to, I mean, still has to, you know. A few of the big matches, he's been very poor. His final record is, I think, he averages from 22 or 23 in finals. So, if he fixes that, I think he'll probably... We'll probably be up there. And I mind we are only talking ODIs because uh, test cricket is not even a fair comparison. Sachin is way ahead. Yeah, I'm also talking only about ODIs. So that's what my summation is that Kohli, I think, is a better finisher than Tendulkar, but uh, uh, he has he still has things to fix to reach that stage, and he has never faced the bowling of the quality that Tendulkar did. So that's my assessment, actually, basically. Okay. I have a same question with you, but I know you really sometimes don't, you discount the stats because you think stats don't tell the impact. How would you tackle this difficult question? I think one one thing, you know, between the two players, let's start at the beginning of their careers. The first 150 games, I can't remember if it was 150 or 120, Tendulkar used to bat number 5, number 6, number 7. He was He was more a pinch hitter. You know, come in around the 24th, 25th over, get the scoring up around the 40th over. Um, he did not bat as long as he did. You know, I think he started opening with Ganguly. Was no, it? I think he, he opened first in 94 when Azhar was captain, I think, against New Zealand. No, I think it was, yeah, 94 after the World Cup. 94. Then, I think it was around, the, around 70 ODIs. He played around 70 ODIs then. He scored his first 100 in his 80th ODI. Right. So, initially, he didn't get the same exposure that he got after he started opening. That's point one. Two, I think, you know, the runs, I, the run rate, of course, but also the number of runs scored, I think is so much higher now. Uh, and it was not uncommon to have a team score 240, 250 and win the game. Now, 240, 250 is the first 30 hours of the game. So, you know, in terms of volume of runs, I don't know if, you know, it, it's an apples-to-apples comparison. That's one. And the second part, I think this is an important factor also, is that Kohli plays for a much stronger team against much weaker opposition. Tendulkar played for a much weaker team against much stronger opposition. That should count something. I agree. Fully agree. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Okay, so let me ask you a question from an answer that I got from Sabi. You know, 
who Ahmed knows very well. Uh, KKB, I think you listened to the podcast. He's a friend. He's he's actually a Pakistani guy. He was uh, one of the founders of PakPassion.net, which is uh, the site that you know relays a lot of Pakistan cricket website. So I asked him as a Pakistani when he's uh, rooting against India, who worries him more? He, because he was he watched Tendulkar, he watched Kohli. He said Tendulkar was great, but he didn't have that much success against Pakistan. But he said when as a Pakistani, he thinks when they get Kohli, they got the match. You how how do you guys view that statement? Uh, actually, uh, can I go first? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm not a fan of Tendulkar, and one of the main reasons for that is he never brought the goods against Pakistan. <laughs> yes. So you are agreeing with something? I think I'm agreeing with him. <laughs> I mean, waking up to the with uh, seeing the Sharda disasters in the '90s. Uh, that scarred me for life. That's why I have uh, Venkatesh Prasad higher because they are, he always brought the goods against Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> but I, okay, we, we, that, that can be a discussion for another time. Uh, Amal, you want to take that, what Sabi said? I mean, is it only Pakistan or would Australia also say the same? No, but I think against Australia, I think Tendulkar has, you know, a lot of success. That's what I'm saying. No, yes, Pakistan, yes, but Australia or England? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I don't know. I, again, I've always believed that every great in every era is is to be respected. Uh, but I, I am somehow not convinced that the competition and the intensity today uh, is nearly as, as as significant as it was in the 90s and early 2000s. You know, um, in the 90s, you had uh, the Pakistani fast bowlers. Uh, you had a great Australian team. The West Indies in the early part of the 90s were still good with Ambrose Walsh. Uh, you, I mean, there was there was some competition. Yes, you have a great set of bowlers now uh, in Australia and in South Africa, which we discussed earlier today. But it's not the same intensity. I just don't feel the same intensity, the same... Uh, you know, the same competitiveness in each series and each game. I don't know if I'm just not seeing it or it's not there. I think it's not there. (laughs) I agree with you. I think the competition is not there. It is actually uh, lesser than it was in the 90s. 90s was like the toughest decade in my opinion. But I think KKB, uh, the high-scoring runs have become, you know, like in tennis, a lot of five-setters are becoming for granted. Similarly, in uh, cricket, I think these 330, 340 chases are becoming for granted because if we go with that yardstick, then Tendulkar faced, uh, you know, slightly easier com- conditions compared to Viv Richards. You know, there's always the era that had it tougher before you. So, I think Richards too, you know, like if you look at his videos, uh, he faced Dennis Lilly and, you know, some of those guys who were really going out there to hit you and he was playing without a helmet. So, I, I understand, I you know, I was a big Sachin Tendulkar fan for you know most of my life, and I agree with the points you guys make. But I'm still trying to say it's not Virat Kohli's fault. He's not choosing his opposition, but like you said, he still has to go out and finish a match, and his finishing ratio is amazing. So that's the point I think I'm trying to make. It's, I think it's a very valid. Yeah, it's it's not Kohli's fault actually. It's not his fault that he was born like ten years later than Tendulkar or others. So he can only beat what is in front of him. So, I think if he fixes this final record, I think he'll be good to go. 
things. He just has to fix that. I think his final record is very, very poor. I think he averages 22 with 250s or something. So, if he fixes that. I would also like to add, uh, Tendulkar, I think another strength of his, which sometimes is overlooked because he's retired now, Tendulkar always came to the party in the World Cup. That's the biggest event. And he was a leading scorer, I think, in three of the five editions he played. And that speaks volumes, you know. Fine, he only was part of one winning World Cup, but he was always playing well during the World Cups. And that's something Kohli has to do. Yeah, that is there, definitely. 2015 was a disappointment. If Kohli had been, I don't know, 80% of Tendulkar, we could have even won 2015. We were that good. Our bowling was that strong last time around. Okay, so, Ivan, any uh, parting words on this topic before we wrap the chat up? I think I think we, we've, we've come across some really interesting points, the points I hadn't thought about. Um, I, I I don't know if the word on Kohli is complete yet. I don't know if it is time yet to make a comparison. No, I agree with uh, Ahmed. Kohli I mean, still has a long way to go. He's only he just turned 29, 20-25 uh, uh, days back. So, he's got at least 4-5 or five good years in him. So, probably best to wait for that long. Uh, uh, can I just add one thing? Absolutely. India currently is actually, I feel, on a cusp of uh, potential greatness. Uh, we are actually, if we do well in this away tour, tours and leading up to the World Cup in England in the, in the coming 16-18 months, I think we can, we can enter the, you know, I mean, I'm not saying we are as good as the 80s West Indies or 2000s Australia, but we can enter that discussion instead of being, you know, good to very good side like 80s Pakistan or 90s South Africa. This These three away tours and culminating in the World Cup, I think Kohli and Co. have the chance to, you know, write themselves in history. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that. No, absolutely. I think for the first time, I think like, you know, we always talk with Ahmed and Anand and some of the guys and even Sabi. Sabi was saying India for the first time has an attack that can go to 20 wickets abroad. Obviously, the batsman will be under, you know, some... Uh, you know, heavy challenge in terms of uh, the swinging conditions in England and the bouncy tracks of South Africa. But yeah, you're right. If uh, India comes out with even draw and win one series, this is something, you know, Ganguly-led or Dravid-led teams, uh, you know, didn't do with that consistency. And if India does that, you're right. There's a new chapter to be written for sure. I don't think any other Indian side has been this motivated to, you know, whitewash teams. There's no way an Indian previous Indian side would have beaten England 4-0 last time around or even whitewash Sri Lanka and Sri Lanka 3-0. I mean, the, these guys just don't let up. That is one good thing I've observed with Kohli. I'm not a big fan of Kohli, but you've got to give the devil you. He just he just sees ruthless, basically. If, if he sees the opening, he wants to finish it. He doesn't want to let up. That you have to give it to him, actually. That's That's a trait that I agree. I agree there. I think that's a trait that most Indian teams did not have. I agree completely and solidly with that. All right, so let's end this great chat on you know one uh, on a great sense of uh, agreement on Virat Kohli's uh, ruthlessness, and uh, you know we all wish you know Indian team can rise to the challenge abroad, and let's enjoy the Ashes, and hopefully we'll have you both soon to discuss another week in cricket. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.